0: Hey, good to be with you in the house of God. Come on, who's glad to be in the house of God this morning? You can take your seat. want to also welcome those of you who are joining us online, regardless of when you're joining us or what platform you're joining us from. So thankful that you are making time to worship with us and grow in the Lord together today. And listen, you're in for a treat today. I have the very special honor of introducing our very special guest speaker and his wife this morning, Pastor Richard and Sandra Hinojosa. They're right over here. Would you give them a hand in advance? And Listen, if you've been a part of Rev City Church for more than a year or two, you've been impacted by uh, Pastor Richard and Sandra, by Pastor Richard's ministry from this pulpit, his heart for us as a church, his heart for you as a man of God, as a woman of God, his heart for the body of Christ. And you're going to be blessed by the word that the Lord has put on his heart this morning and what he speaks to you. Listen, the Bible says in Ephesians 4 that that God has given apostles, prophets, teachers, evangelists, pastors for the strengthening of the body of Christ, for the building up of the saints so that you can accomplish everything, the purposes of God, the ministry that God has called you to in your life, in your marriage, in your family, in this church, in this community. Listen, if you believe that the Lord had sent Pastor Richard here today to do all those things, that I just spoke to you, strengthen you, encourage you, equip you, prepare you for the life that God has had for you. Would you listen in a little closer today? Come on, really. I mean, if you believe that the Lord wanted to speak something to your heart, maybe shift something in your life, set you free from something, strengthen you in some area of your life, wouldn't you listen with a little bit more anticipation? And I believe that's just what the Lord wants to do for you today. Just what he wants to do for you today. Pastor Rich is one of the most dynamic communicators and prophetic voices in the body of Christ today. I mean, I really mean that when I say that. I had the chance to see that over the course of three years as Amity and I served as part of the church staff that they lead at Good Shepherd Community Church in Brownsville, Texas. Beautiful city, a beautiful church, a beautiful people, and God's on the move there. And, you know, before the Lord brought us here to Lawrence, Kansas, to serve in the role that we now are blessed and humbled and honored to serve in, I personally believe with all my heart that the Lord was very intentional. I had been blessed to grow up in an amazing church, serve under some awesome leaders, but I believe that as we went and we serve and gave our all to Good Shepherd Community Church, the Lord also had an assignment for us to watch what it looks like for Pastor Richard and Sandra to lead their staff, lead their church, their heart filled with compassion for their people and their city and that church and lead them with courage and conviction that God was with them and for them and God wasn't finished with them. And so they made an imprint on our life and our ministry that we're forever thankful for, Pastor Richard and Sandra. And we're thankful that you're here today to speak the word of the Lord, to release the heart of the Father. Would you put your hands together and join me in welcoming Pastor Richard Hinojosa to the pulpit today?
1: Thank you, Thomas. Thank you. Love you, buddy. Well, good morning. Good morning. Everybody doing okay this morning? Wow, Thomas. Man, I just uh, am so grateful again to the Lord for allowing Sandra and I. Sandra, would you just stand for just one moment, please? She loves for me to embarrass her, so I continually do it. But uh, we are just so grateful for your pastors and for your staff, for this church. As God continues to allow us and give us opportunity to uh, partner with him and partner with each other as we navigate our lives, different seasons of our lives, different challenges that we face in our lives. And so obviously we've been been facing some tremendous challenges. Uh, I do bring you greetings from Good Shepherd Community Church in Brownsville, Texas. And uh, God is still on his throne. In the middle of everything that happens, in the middle of everything that has happened, in the middle of everything that will happen, the one thing that remains constant is Him. Everything else around us can be shaken, he says, but He is unshakable. And we live and we serve a God that's unshakable and we live in a kingdom that is unshakable. And in this season, in this time, we've recognized in our lives, personally, first and foremost, and then also corporately as a body, that things are being shaken. And sometimes things are being shaken that we prefer not to be shaken, but it's not our call. Look to somebody and say, you know what? It's not our call. (laughs) It's just either he's God or he's not. And we have to trust him and serve him in, through, and to all things that he's prepared for us. Do you recognize that God leads you into something like being married to this beautiful lady? I mean, I had no idea what I was getting into. I thought I loved her. I mean, I was 24, you were 19 when we got married. What were we thinking? You know, and Lord, the Lord led me in to this relationship and then he's led us through the last 40 years of this relationship. And every year he leads us to the things that we have to go through to get to. I hope that makes sense to you. Some of you, God has led you to something and he's trying to get you through something to get you to the next two that he's prepared for you. I want you to know that God has a purpose for you, for me, for us, and that you are here and you are connected to this fellowship Right now, on purpose for a purpose. But what I have come to realize that it's not my purpose or my desires, but it's his purpose. He has he has some things that he's trying to get us through, so he can get us to. And if we'll trust him in the middle of everything that's going on, we're going to be just fine. Amen? Amen. Well, we love you, Pastor Thomas and Amity and Eddie and Beth and Micah and you know I start naming names and I'm gonna leave somebody out. Somebody's gonna get their feelings hurt. Don't get your feelings hurt. Okay, which is happening a lot during this time, and uh, because no matter what you say, you know, half the people are going to say, whoo, come on, let's go, and you like, man, I don't know about all that stuff, and it doesn't matter where you are, you know, just, just the way it is, don't get distracted by that, so thank you, God bless you, thank you for receiving us again here uh, to Rev City Church. Turn with me to Philippians chapter 1, verse 9. I have three things that I want to share with you, that I want to encourage you in, and that I want to minister, that I want to pray uh, for with you about, but Philippians 1.9, let's go th- there this morning, uh, it says, I pray that your love, and he's talking to the church, and he's writing this epistle from prison, he's not going through a good season in his life, and he's locked down, and he's locked up. And in the middle of that, he still has something happening in spite of his circumstances that causes him to take his eyes off of himself and begin to focus his eyes towards those people, those family members, the, 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 the New Testament church that was being built up and, and the new things that were happening in spite of his hardship, in spite of his difficulty, in spite of his not understanding why he was where he was and why God allowed him to be where he was when all he wanted to do was serve God. In the middle of that, he says, listen, this is not about me. I have a purpose and it's not my purpose. It's God's purpose. And so he begins to tell the church, he says, I'm praying for you. And by the way, Ref City Church, Thomas and Amity, all you guys, we're praying for you guys. And I know you guys are praying for us. He says, I pray that your love will overflow more and more. He knows that the Bible says that there always comes times when people's hearts would fail and that, that people would be unloving and uncaring and unkind because of their circumstances and their situations. So his prayer, he says, I pray that your love will overflow more and more and that you will keep on growing, that you will keep developing your spiritual life, your faith, that you will keep on growing in knowledge and understanding. He says, for I want you to understand what really is. Matters. Let's pray. Father God, I thank you for Rev City Church. I thank you for Thomas and Amity and the staff and the elders and the team and these precious people. Oh God, that you gather together on purpose for your purpose. I pray that as we gather in your name, you are very present with us that you would guide us and direct us, that you would pastor us and lead us as we endeavor to pastor and lead our families and friends and neighbors. I pray, Father God, that as we report, oh God, to gather in your name, oh Lord, and we look for you, Lord, that you would direct our steps and our thoughts. I commit this time to you and ask that you would minister to us, Lord, speak to us, do a work in our hearts beginning with mine this morning. In Jesus' name I pray. And God's people said, Amen. He says, I want you to understand what really matters. And then he goes on to say, so that you may live pure and blameless lives until the days of Christ's return. May you always be filled with the fruit of your salvation. Anybody here saved? Anybody surrendered their life to the Lord Jesus Christ? Any out there, anybody out there watching, surrender their lives. You belong to the Lord. He says, Listen, I want you to live until the day of Christ's return. And I want you to be fruit, uh, that, that you will be filled with the fruit of your salvation, the righteous character. Hey, by the way, I don't care what anybody says, character counts, character matters. Amen, that's another message. But it says, the righteous character produced in your life by Christ Jesus, for this will bring much glory to God, much glory and praise to God. Three things he says here to us, to me this morning. I want you to overflow with love. God says, anybody can love people that love you, but when you begin to love those that are unlike you and unkind to you and disagree with you and challenge you, and he says, can we love those people? Not agree with them, but can we, can we love them? And by the way, loving people, just like my children, doesn't mean that we're telling them everything's okay. We love them enough to care about them, to tell them, hey, by the way, if you keep going in this direction, I, you might be in a, in a, in a world of trouble. Your marriage may not survive. Your family may not survive. Your children may not make it through this. We've got to love people in a way that we're kind to them, but we're also speaking the truth in love according to God's word. There are biblical principles. There there is a very clear uh, distinction between God's ways and our ways and his thoughts and our thoughts and his plans and our plans. So he says, I want you to overflow with love. I want you to keep growing. We've got to keep growing. Uh, My prayer is, God, I want to grow. I want to learn. I want want to, I was telling, I think Pastor Mike, I said, I want to, I don't want to just kind of coast my way into heaven whenever that day comes. I just turned 63. Well, man, I'm going to be 64, aren't I? Oh my goodness. I just thought about that. I just kind of had to take a pause here for a minute. And like I said, we, I just, it just, listen, I'm still learning. We're in a season, we're navigating, I'm doing church, I'm pastoring, I'm doing ministry like I've never done ministry before. There is no right or wrong way to do this. We have to grow, we have to leave room for growth. Listen, if we're leading our families, if we're leading we're first, we've gotta be learners. And he says, listen, I want you to continue to grow. Don't settle for what you already have and what you already know. Press into the Lord, press into his word. Let's continue to grow and understand because out of that foundation of faith in the Lord Jesus, Christ, we'll be able to continue to move forward despite uh, whatever comes. Keep growing, don't stop growing. And I just want to encourage it. That's what he's trying to say. Overflow with love, keep growing. And then he says, understand what really matters. You understand there's just a lot of stuff that people are upset and worried about that at the end result, when it's all said and done, it really just doesn't matter. I'm talking about preferences. Let's not, let's, not just, let's not get distracted by preferences and let's go and understand what biblical values are. Let's understand what it is that God is saying to us and let's make him priority. Let's make loving others priority. Let's make loving each other priority. As long as there's two or more people in a room, there's gonna be room for disagreement about something. And so he says, don't focus on that. Anybody can point out what you disagree with. Can we say, I have preferences, but I'm locking arms with this place that God, this team, this pastor, this church family that God has brought me into and want me to plant myself so I can be fruitful and we can move together on the things that really matter. And the things that really matter is we need to point Jesus to the Lord Jesus Christ. We need to be proclaiming the gospel. We need to be proclaiming the Lord until he comes that God is and was and forevermore will be. I'm not talking about being religious. I'm talking about living a life, living a life that's loud, not in just what we say, but our character and how we treat people, how we treat, hey, listen, can we stop trying to change the world and start at home? I'm just, I mean, there's a lot of change going on in me. I I want everybody else to change and think I'm fine. (laughs) Nope, anybody else, anybody feel me out there? Sometimes, not all the time. It just, it's kind of like the Lord says, listen right here. So overflow with love, keep growing, understand what really matters. And notice he says, get your priorities right in this moment. And no matter what happens, I've got, I've got to make him my priority. I can say that, but if I'm not spending time in his word, I'm not connecting with others. I, I, still, I still connect with a group of men every Thursday morning. And it's not, it's not as much for them to help them as to help me. I, I need connection. I need fellowship. I need relationship. I need people that can hold me accountable to those things that God has put in my heart. For, for me as a man, for me as a husband, as a dad, as a grandfather, we've got six grandchildren now. Oh, my gosh, what happened? He said, I want you to understand what really matters. And let me just bring our attention this morning, I wanna, and then I want to just pray with you three things that in this moment, this season, I felt that God really, really matters I think when I shared and, and brought a message to you guys sometime in the summer via uh, a stream because we weren't meeting in person. By the way, Pastor Thomas, I just realized that since March of last year, since the pandemic broke out. By the way, it got really, really bad where we live. I mean, for a while there, we were one of the hot spots in the nation. We've we've seen families really, really suffer. We've I've, lo- I've lost close friends. As a matter of fact, I just got a text this morning about another friend in Brownsville that we've come to know there that just passed. So it's been a really, really challenging, challenging time. And and, and I know that we've not been out much and I was just reminded, this is the first time that I've been out to minister in an in-person service. And so I, I just was very grateful that the Lord has got us through that. And now we're in the beginnings of what he's leading us to in this season of our life. But three things that I want, there's many things that matter. Again, you've got to go before the Lord. For me, for my family, what what is priority right now? We've got to go from this to this as we navigate through these challenging times in our lives, our families, and our churches. Three things that I felt the Lord gave me for this morning to remind us of that really matter are your eyes, your heart, and your feet. And I'm going to break that down a little bit. He told me, I just heard this, eyes, heart, and feet. And so let me just bring this to you down real quickly. And then I want to pray for these areas of our lives this morning. And by the way, the eyes, the heart, and the feet are symbolic of our spirit, our soul, and our body. We are triune beings and we've got to be whole in every area of our life. And these, these three things: your eyes, your heart, and your feet, your spirit, your soul, and your body, they affect your faith, your emotions, and your strength. Anybody's faith been tested here in this last season? Questions about whatever, why, why God, or why not? Anybody's here's emotions been challenged in this last season. Okay? Anybody has felt a little a lack of strength sometimes to push through or push forward in some area of your life. And these are the three things that I feel that right now as as as, as 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 humans, as people that are seeking God, we need to recover our faith, our emotions, and our strength to bring them to a healthy place so that we can continue to move forward in what God has for us in our lives. So this past season, as I said, has affected all three of these areas. Or maybe in my life. Maybe I shouldn't throw that on you guys. It, it's challenged my faith. You know, when you have a plan and everything seems to be going your way, and then all of a sudden it's not, and you've not done anything different. Anybody feel me? You know, you're just kind of like, and then you begin to wonder. And not because, and here's what happens. Other people will get in your ear and cause you to begin to wonder. <laughs> When people question you about some things and you say, well, man, that was a, you know, that wasn't a, that was a pretty good question. And, and it's been a time where people, I don't know about here in Lawrence, Kansas or in Kansas, but I know in Texas and the people that I know, the enemy has done a real good job of scattering the church. And God is not a scatterer. He's a gatherer. And the only time he scatters is to grow ministry. He sends and he multiplies ministry. So he sends. That's when he, scat- he scatters the church to do ministry, but he doesn't scatter the church to disconnect them from him and from one another and from those that are already separated from him. And so in this season, God is encouraging us to be gatherers again, to help people in the area of faith, to help people in the area of their emotions. We've got, we've got a lot, we, back where we live. Man, the, the mental health issues that are facing us and some of our young people are, are un- unbelievable. We don't have enough resources to deal with the emotional things that are going on in families and marriages and children, in our school systems, and just all throughout the state. It's been very challenging, and the enemy has done a really good thing of affecting our eyes, which is our vision, our faith, our heart, and our feet. Turn with me, if you would. To Judges chapter 16 real quick. I just want to show you these things biblically. I want to show you some stories where and to try and illustrate and to try and, and give you a symbolic picture of what I'm trying to communicate this morning, because I believe that God has asked me to be and allowed me to be here to help strengthen your eyes, your heart, and your feet, your faith, your emotions, and your strength to stand in the heat of the battle that we have been in and that we will continue to walk out of. Uh, Judges chapter 16. Everybody there with me this morning? I'm not going to preach this message to you. I think I preached out of this the last time I was here. But in Judges chapter 16, verse 16, it says this, And it came to pass, speaking of Delilah, she pestered him daily with her words and pressed him so his soul was vexed to death. The enemy has done a good job in pestering and pressing people until they just wore you out. Anybody, something just wore you out. Well, it's not because there's something wrong with you, it's because you have an enemy. That is trying to, because the end result of this story, if you look in verse uh, 21 there, and I'm just going to skip through it, says, And the Philistines took him and put his eyes out. Samson gave in to the pestering and pressing, and he became in bondage to, to the Philistines, and they made him a grinder in the jail, and they plucked his eyes out so he could no longer see. That was a physical story, but the spiritual implication is that the enemy will pester and press you until you give up. And he gives you, and he steals from you the ability to see past where you are. So many people just can't see past where they are. How am I gonna get out of this? I'm gonna, especially where we live, how I, what am I gonna do now? What am I, and then we had a a historic 100 year freeze in South Texas, deep South Texas. We're riding, we're in Mexico almost. We've never experienced anything like that. And people just lost hope. They lost their ability to see past where they are. They could no longer see their families. He says, you and, you and your families will be saved. They could never see that change that they once believed for. They could never really believe for that new door, that new season, that new opportunity that God had spoke to them about. They were so pastored and so pressed that they gave up. It says that he gave up the secret of his strength, but the whole, the, the, the enemy took out his eyes so he could no longer see, so he was just grinding it out in jail. Going in circles, breaking rock, one step at a time, and, and he couldn't see past where he was. But he prayed for one thing. What did he pray for? Who remembers? He said, God, give me strength one more time to push one more time. To push one more time. And his victory after that circumstance and situation, he had the greatest victory that he'd ever experienced, and he had some pretty good victories. Amen? So God, the enemy's trying to get you to steal from me the ability to see past where you are. Secondly, the enemy... Uh, Proverbs 29, 18 says, without vision, people, people perish. Hebrews 12, 2 then says, what do we do? He says, we're well, looking unto Jesus, the author and the finisher of our faith. We've got to look to Jesus. Right. We've got to put our faith in the Lord Jesus Christ, the shedding of his blood, the, the, the crucifixion, the burial, and then the resurrection of the Lord Jesus Christ, which we're getting ready to celebrate. Keep your eyes on Jesus. Please hear me this morning, Ref City Church. Keep your eyes on Jesus. I don't know who's pestering you or who's pressing on you. I don't know if it's a work situation. I don't know if it's a family situation. I don't know what it is, but do not allow the enemy to get you so discouraged that you can't see past where you are. That's what faith is, by the way. That's not going to affect your faith. Faith is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not what? Not seen. So God wants to come to give us courage to be able to get unstuck and see past where we are. Let me ask this question real quick. Anybody here know somebody that feels like they're stuck and can't, get, can't see how they're gonna get past where they are? Let me see your hands up there. Anybody, okay? And if it's you, that's okay too. So he wants to strengthen our eyes. The second thing is our heart. And I know Pastor Micah and Eddie, I know they did a, a teaching on, in regards to the heart this summer, but the heart affects your passion and your emotions. People became less passionate about the right things and became passionate about things that are secondary that don't really matter as much. Remember, he says, I want you to remember what's really important right now. Luke chapter 21, verse 26 If you'll turn there with me on your phone or whatever you're reading, it says, Men's hearts are failing them from fear and the expectation of those things which are coming on the earth, for the powers of the heavens will be shaken. Men's hearts are being filled with fear. Psalm 27, verse uh, 14. Let me turn to that real quick. Psalm 27, verse 14, if I can find it. (laughs) I'm still learning. Psalm 27, verse 14, and it says that uh, it says, "Wait on the Lord, be of good courage, and He will strengthen your what? Heart. Your heart." David's heart needed to be strengthened. All through history, men's hearts needed to be strengthened because of circumstances and something that come against them and we're trying to lead them out of. We've got, we've got to have faith. We've got to see past where we are. We've got to believe that God's not finished with us yet. We've got to believe that God's still on the throne. I can't tell you how many people that, were, that are in churches that have left the church and probably will never come back because it was too hard and it was unfair and it wasn't. By the way, who told us that when we became believers that things were going to be easy? Who told us we wouldn't have to suffer and sacrifice? Well, that's not a popular message. I know that. That's why that's happened. And we've got to be willing to understand. I want you to grow in your knowledge and understanding of what it means to be a Christian what it means to be a follower of Jesus Christ. We've got to count the cost. We've got to understand that if he suffered, we may have to suffer some. We've never faced persecution like I believe we may be facing in the days to come. Say that you're a Christian may cost you something. But, but that's okay. Why? Because, listen, I, I'm not, I don't preach the gospel, and I don't, I don't serve God because I'm a pastor. Before I'm a pastor or before I'm anything else, I'm a believer. I'm a Christ follower. I am a disciple of the Lord Jesus Christ. He's the one, as we sang about, that came down and saved me and rescued me. And by the way, the Bible says I no longer belong to myself. I belong to God, and I, we belong to one another. We're a family that God brings together. We are not each other's enemy. The enemy is the enemy, but we've got to set that foundation of, again of faith in the Lord Jesus Christ. And he calls us to love one another, to care for one another, to minister to one another, to encourage one another, to admonish one another. There's about 37 one another's scriptures, and I won't give them all to you this morning but there's a one of coming together. Come on, church. Let God bring strength and faith to give us the ability to see past where we are. I don't care what they're saying. And let's, let's continue. Let's continue to move forward and trust him and not allow our hearts to become cold. He says, come to me, he says, and I will strengthen your heart. See, the problem with a lot of us, including myself during the pandemic, was that my heart, the arteries that were feeding my heart were clogged. Not literally, but spiritually. And the blood flow and the life. Do you understand that the scripture says that, that the heart is the receptor of God's word? I'm not going to turn to the scripture, but that's what it says. The heart is a receptor of God's word. And if, if, if God's word can't, if you can't receive God's word in your heart and it doesn't begin to transform your thoughts about the decisions that you're making, then we're in trouble. Many people's hearts are clogged, the arteries with sin and anger and unforgiveness and bitterness and things that are just keeping us from moving forward in a healthy way. I read a story about a young lady who is a, you know an Olympic athlete who was running a race she was in her early 20s and she was doing really well had never felt sick and never felt ill and she collapsed on the course and and died and had a massive heart attack and they couldn't bring her back and as they went and did the autopsy to try to discover what happened they found that she had a hidden condition in her heart that nobody knew about and about when she was getting ready to finish the race it cost her. It's a time to lay our hearts before the Lord. It's a line to let go. It's a time to let go of unforgiveness and anger and bitterness and all those things. So God comes to strengthen our eyes, to strengthen our hearts, and lastly, to strengthen our feet. Feet talk about purpose, where He's leading us to, and strength. 2 Samuel 17, too, when When uh, King David's son, was trying to usurp his authority, and he came up with a scheme on how to kill the king. Ahithophel, his right-hand man, said this to him. He says, I will come upon him while while he is weak and weary. I will cause those who are with him to, to be afraid and to flee, and then I will strike only the king. Here's a strategy of the enemy. He'll try to catch you when you're weak, which is a physical condition, or weary, which is an emotional state. Then he'll cause fear to come into your heart. Then he'll cause you to isolate yourself so he can get you all to himself and destroy your plans, your family, your marriage, your children, your church, our cities. The enemy is out about trying to take our strength and to destroy us. And what they did was they fled. They separated. And this is a phrase that came to me. In this season, it's either flight or faith to stand. We're either going to run from things or we're going to run to those things that God has prepared for us. Ephesians chapter 6, verse 10 and 11. And I close with this scripture. I'm going to ask the team to come forward at this moment as we begin to a time of ministry. Ephesians chapter 6, verse 10. It says, and you all know the scripture where he talks about putting on the armor. We talked about that. But let me go specifically to verse 10 here. And it says... Finally, my brethren, be strong in the Lord and in the power of his might. Be strong in the Lord and in the power of whose might? My might? Your might? No, his might. There is a strength that comes from him that we have access to. He says, and then put on the whole armor of God that you may be able to stand. Everybody say stand with me. I just want to make sure you're stand says that you may be able to stand against the wiles of that person, that person, that. No, what does it say? To stand against the wiles of who? The devil. The devil. Now I know he, he infiltrates people and he, 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 he manipulates people with spirits of control and manipulation and fear and threats and all that. But the one that's behind what's trying to steal our eyes, our hearts, and our feet to give half strength to be able to stand. He said. He says, put on the whole armor of God that you will be able to stand against the wiles of the enemy. He's got to strengthen our ability to see past where we are. I want every eye closed in this place before I come and pray for some of you. If you're here, if you're out there, you say, man, I, I, just, I just can't see past. I don't see a way out. I don't see, I'm not sure. Some of you are looking for the next step. I see this young man right here. You're asking God for the next step. And it's kind of cloudy and you're not really sure. God wants to come to you today to open up your eyes, to take the scales of all the stuff. And most of what's got you scaled up is not what you've seen, it's what you've heard. And it's caused the cloudiness to come over you when you were once, it's clearly you understood, you knew you had a pretty good feeling, now you're not sure. He comes to open up our eyes, to allow us to trust him for the next step, to see past where we are in this season of our lives. And he wants to strengthen our hearts. Our heart is so important. I'm not talking about physically also, by the way. By the way, if anybody here has a physical heart condition, is there anybody here that that has a, a heart condition I can't really see but would you just put your hand up for me right there anybody else right there I believe that as we're addressing spiritual things I'm praying and believing for physical healing for that area of your heart that's causing a lack of blood flow or that's causing whatever it is that's causing your life. Be healed this morning in Jesus' name, in his presence, by the power of his word. It says that by his stripes we are healed. Psalm 10720 says he sent his word, Jesus, and he healed the people. Be healed. If you're out there watching this on the internet, if you have a heart condition, would you just put your hand over your heart and by faith just say, God, I'm asking you to heal my heart physically, Lord, from this condition. But also, God, bring courage, oh God. And unclog any artery. Listen, if there's any unconfessed sin in your life, would you just, just, just say, Lord, this is? And by the way, He knows. It's kind of like, oh my gosh, if like, I, what are you gonna do if I let him? He already knows. Any unforgiveness, open up that artery, and let the blood flow to every area of our lives. He wants us to stand. He wants us to see the truth. He wants us to take some risks. He wants us to anchor ourselves to God. He wants us to never give in to fear. And he wants us to decide to obey God no matter what. Father, I pray this morning for your people. It's been a tough season, Lord. God, if I've lost my ability to see past. And by the way, you know, we're really, really good at acting like everything's okay. Sometimes. I told somebody recently, it's okay to not be okay. If you're here and you're acting like you're okay, but you're not okay, there's nothing wrong with you. There's no shame. There's no guilt or condemnation to them that are in Christ Jesus. It's okay to not be okay. We come to the altar. Not this one. The one that you create right there in the presence of God. It's okay to not be okay. It's okay to be struggling with confusion in some areas of your life. It's okay to not know the exact next move or step that you need to take. It's okay to not be okay. It's okay to not have all the answers. It's okay to feel like sometimes you're just kind of fumbling your way through situations. It's okay to say, God, I I need, I need some help right now. It's okay that's why he's come he's come to help us he's come to point us to him and help does not come listen people are resources he's the source of all good things in my life the scripture says the scripture says that every good and perfect gift comes from where from the father and by the way he's he's a good daddy he is faithful. He is true. He has not given up on you. He knows exactly, and those things that are going on in your heart that you don't understand, it's okay. Just, just hear, it. Lord. Here it is. I trust you with all those decisions. I trust you. I trust you with those those questions that I have. I, I trust you for the next step. But here's what I want to do this morning. Every eye closed for just a moment. If you need strength in your heart, some of you, if you, if you need, if you need a strengthening of heart, if you would you just right there say, Lord, I need you to strengthen my heart. I realize the enemy has come to steal my ability to see past where I am, to, to clog my heart, oh God. So it's hard to, to receive. I'm, it's like i I'm, I'm standing there, I'm reading. I know I should be reading your word. But God, I read and it's, it's, it's like nothing's getting in. I don't get it. I don't understand it. I read and I say, what did I just read? God, would you just, would you just heal my heart? And would you strengthen my feet? Whatever has brought instability into my life, whatever has caused me to feel like, like I'm walking on eggshells, whatever it is that's causing those things and I feel weak. He says, say to those who are weak to be strong tell them, tell them that I am with them. He is with you. He knows exactly what you're going through and he didn't do anything. It's not his fault. And the enemy comes and says, well, if God really loved you, then why? We have no answers to some of the questions that we have, but we have the solution. The solution is I'm gonna keep my eyes on Jesus, the author and the finisher of my faith. And he who began a good work in you is able to complete it until the day of Christ Jesus. He's not finished with it yet. Everything that's contrary to what's in your heart, that's just what it is. It's contrary, but the contrary winds are not gonna keep you from God's destination for your life and for those that you love. You keep your eyes on him. You will ask him to lead you through this because he has already prepared a place and he's trying to get you to. You just have to trust him in the through process. He's got you. He's got you. And by the way, he said, Lord, how come you're not answering my prayers? And he said, to tell you yet, he, he's coming through for you. He's coming through for you. Those of you that need strength to stand, it's hard to stand sometimes right now. It, it really is, guys. I, I'm, I'm, I'm being honest with you. I was telling I was telling Pastor Thomas and Amity there was a time there after we we fought, we had kind of made it out of that season, and then we had that hard winter freeze. Which, by the way, I know you guys maybe are used to that. We're not used to it down there. It shut us down. And I stood there. I remember I don't know if I said it out loud or not, Sandra. I think I was texting with my brother Mike, who pastors a church in Los Angeles, California. Talk about being shut down. And I send them a text, and just my raw emotion said, "I'm done." In Spanish, it's yeah, (laughs) yeah. Roberto Duran, those of you boxing fans. I'm I'm giving my age away, bad man. He said, "Wow, like man, heard that name, (laughs) yeah." The No Mas fight, where he just gave up in the corner, didn't come out for the next round. Don't say sitting down in the corner because the fight's been tough. Get up. Not in your strength, but in his strength. And I said, I'm done, Lord. I'm doing the best I can. I'm giving him the only thing I know to do it's your word. But it doesn't look like it's changing anything. And he says, because you're looking for the wrong things. Pay attention to what really matters in this season of your life. Father God, I pray for strength to see a heart that's healthy and the ability to stand. My eyes are on you. One last thing, and I'm gonna ask Pastor Thomas to come close us. As we keep our eyes on Jesus, here's three directives I want to give you. Don't compare, don't complain, and don't compete. Can I say that again? Don't compare, don't compete, and don't complain. What do I do? Accept, produce, and proclaim. Can I say that again? So we're not going to do what? We're not going to compare. We're not going to complain. We're not going to compete, but we're going to accept God's will, God's purpose, and his strength to walk through it. We're going to produce fruit, which is what he prayed for the church, and we're going to proclaim that Jesus is Lord in spite of everything that's going on in our, in our world that's very, very difficult. Amen. Pastor Thomas, come help me close. I'm going to grab this, but I want to pray for this young lady that's sitting in the front row here as you come, Pastor Thomas. What is your name? K. Yeah. Kay. Hey, okay, I just, uh, I looked over at, at, here at you and you are so faithful over your family. I don't know how you're connected to these two guys, but you, you are so faithful, but it's looked different in your situation for a season, but it hasn't changed. And those desires in your heart that you've had, here's the thing, it hadn't really been for you, but it's been for family. And those things that you still feel like God hasn't come through in, he's, you're going to watch things begin. What the enemy meant for bad in this season, he's going to use it for good. And that thing, you know, it says sorrow endures for a night, but joy comes in the morning. And it says what the enemy meant for bad, God's going to use for evil. And then people are going to come to you like Joseph. I see you as a gatherer. You, you have much wisdom. You, you are very um, fruitful and you are a good manager and a good steward maybe is a good, and you've set things aside, and because of that in this season, you not only are going to continue to be blessed, but you're going to be a blessing to those around you. And even the people that have, without knowing, tried to harm you, like Joseph, you're going to be able to say, you meant it for bad, but God meant it for good. And you're going to even be able to bless those, and it's going to so impact their lives that you don't see yourself as someone leading people to the Lord, but I want you to know you are leading people to the Lord. You say, wait a minute, I need to be led. And it's kind of like, I'm, I said, no, but leaders lead. And so I want you to say, just, just be okay with where you were and what it is that God's put in your heart in this season, because it looks different, but it's from Him. You can trust Him with that. Amen? Amen. God bless
0: you. Jesus, thanks to the Lord. Thank you, Pastor, for ministering the Word. Hey, people of God, why don't you stand to your feet? Stand to your feet. Let's prepare to worship. You know, as we're preparing to worship, I just want to ask you, where in your life has the enemy tried to scatter? That today and through everything that's going to go on today, tonight's service, that the Lord is speaking out. He's calling out. For to, he's gathering you back to some purpose he's gathering you back to the people of god he's gathering you back to his presence because listen maybe you'd say well pastor t we're talking about scattered you're, you're preaching to the choir we're here we're online but maybe there's some other places maybe in your marriage there's strife and there's division and it's the attempt of the enemy to scatter your family and scatter your destiny or maybe you've been so busy and preoccupied or you've just kind of grown numb and you're no longer spending time in the presence of god receiving a fresh daily word of strength for your life he's scattered you from that place and today the lord is calling you back he's gathering you back and listen i'm just telling you as i've watched every way that the enemy is scattered as as a pastor as your pastor as a shepherd it's just grieved my heart to see because i know that everything that i can see there's things that are unseen That the degree that I can see is maybe just the tip of the iceberg of some of the ways that people are struggling and hurting and being scattered. And listen, here's what I want to tell you is as much as I care as a pastor, an earthly man, your heavenly Father cares exponentially more for you. He sees, he knows, and he cares. And so whatever it is for you right now, would you just say, Lord, I'm I'm coming back. I'm coming home. I'm, I'm stepping in. I'm extending the forgiveness. I'm making the call doing whatever it takes, whatever it looks like for you in that place where you discern that the enemy is attempting to scatter. I'm getting back on my knees in the morning before I go about my day. I'm getting back in your word to hear what you have to say over my life for that day, that moment. We're coming back to you, Lord. You're gathering us. You're gathering us. And listen, before we worship, one more thing. Listen, if you're, if you're here and you're, or you're online and you're far from God, the enemy has scattered you. Maybe you've made some bad decisions, some bad choices, or maybe you've just become preoccupied with life and you're, you're today, you're hearing this, you're in this room, or you're online and you're far from God, you've been scattered from him. The most important thing we do is give you an opportunity to come home, to come home, to say yes to Jesus in a new way or a fresh way. And listen, if that's you, maybe you once knew God, served God, and you've drifted, you're what the Bible would describe as a prodigal son or daughter, or you've never given your life to Jesus. Listen, right now, if you're in either of those camps, do not delay. Right now, lift your hand high towards heaven and say, that's me, Pastor T. I'm coming home to Jesus. I'm coming home beyond a a religion. I'm coming to a relationship with the good heavenly Father who loved me too much to leave me where I was. He sent Jesus to come and find me and to rescue me. Listen, if that's you, one more moment, just reach your hand high towards heaven. Even if you're online with us today, you might be by yourself. It might even be Tuesday or Wednesday later in the week. Maybe you even need to pull over to the side of the road and lift your hand high towards heaven. You're not responding to a preacher. You're responding to a father. And so just say yes to Jesus. Allow him to gather you back into his family. That's his heart. That's his heart for you today. Listen, for all those who responded in the room and online, let's pray this prayer together with them. If you're part of the Red City family, you know what's coming because we do it every week. And we do it to quickly come alongside those who are coming home to Jesus and just show them there are brothers and sisters in the Lord that want to come alongside you and just encourage you and strengthen you and affirm you and cheer you on in your faith. And we do it for a second reason. It just reminds us. It keeps us anchored to the reality that we never graduate from grace even as we're growing in our faith. So come on, church, say this. Repeat after me with maybe just a fresh passion in your heart. Say, Father, in Jesus' name, I recognize my need for a Savior. I thank you for sending Jesus to pay the price I could not pay, to make a way I might have a new life and a fresh start, and I give you my life. I give you my trust, and because of Jesus, because of the cross of Jesus, I will never be the same. Come on, say it one more time and then rejoice with all of heaven. I will never be the same from this day forward. I'm chosen, I'm loved, I'm home. I'm home. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Come on, team, let's begin to sing that together today. Where there is no way. Come on, church, sing it.